Yeah, we haven't recorded this. We wanted to record it to put it somewhere. Yes. And now we are. Hopefully it's working. If not, oh well. Yep, we'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, and I, uh, I uh, really like uh, my favourite mythic creature probably is it's either the orc or the, or the dwarf. It's probably the dwarf because any anytime I play role playing games now, I'm either playing a human or a dwarf. No, fair enough. I mean, uh, you do act like a dwarf very much. I would agree with that sentiment very much. I am loyal to a fault. I'll hold a grudge for ten thousand years, mm. and I think the world would be a much better place if uh, we had giant machines of war. Well, don't worry. Dwarves actually will turn up in they this will, episode they will. They will. about dragons. Yes. That's yeah, we're doing dragons. Yes, we should only introduce the one we're doing this week. Yes. We are so. doing dragons this week. A very typical, very uh, very wide-ranging, as we found. Yeah, I, I mean, it's all over the world. Literally, not even just in modern days, but it's all over different mythologies. People really looked at snakes and were like, what if they were bigger? Um, so, yeah. yeah. So, um, from what I found out, what we kind of agreed upon was... Origins of it do seem to be related to people being terrified of giant lizards and associating yes. them with caves and deep bodies of water. And chaos, amazingly enough. Like just divine beings. Yeah. Um, uh, so, do you want to start off with uh, the. What year would you like to start off with when you uh, choose? Well, for now, honestly, I've more got like different connections of just sort of. Uh, uh, the different types of dragons so uh, we'll start off with Greek mythology which I know the most about um, and how dragon itself, the word comes from the Greek word drakon um, because you had loads of different creatures that were called drakons but amazingly enough, tons of creatures in Greek mythology which were not dr called drakons, which were sea monsters we nowadays also call dragons which is just really, you know... It's it's interesting weird. how universal the term is. Yes, that's, exactly. From the research we did, that's what we found is we are so... Is, as, a, as a race and kind of in general within culture, we associate dragon with a very loose set of rules, as I would kind of put it, is it seems to be, as long as it's a big and somewhat scaly, and then it kind of then diverges. Pretty much so. I mean, it can be anything and weirdly enough old versions of dragons are more uh, like connected to water like sea serpents yeah, and stuff that's really than interesting. fire or any sort of earth thing like caves but we've got tons and tons of sea serpents and i'm going to call them sea serpents because that's kind of like the yeah. distinction between them but um especially dragons in stuff that's not great mythology but like um a chinese dragon is more considered uh, to be connected to water, like if a drought, um, if a drought would occur, then it was because the dragon's lazy. Um, really? And yeah. So because I, I was doing the, when I did the research, it was like they were god-like beings. I didn't realize. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense now, actually. Yeah. You know, they control water, and it's just a dragon being lazy. Not not just that. You know, it's. I uh, love that concept of a dragon <laughs> just literally going nabby. No idea. No idea. But the entire country is going to to, to have is going to have a, a drought. Aye, but. Yeah, it's not, it's not, you know, punishment against the humans. It's just a dragon can't be bothered. Can he be arsed? Get yeah. off his butt. Um, and so we will now cover sea serpents, and we will... Yes, we will do a lot of this monster now. Um, so going back to kind of find out what the origins of uh, 
Scottish dragon ends up being Loch Ness Monster, boys essentially boils back to the sea serpent and that idea mm-hmm. of it being a big. Uh, it didn't have wings. It didn't have. It was a water dwelling beast. Now something very interesting, right? I'm going to pull it up now. Uh, was the. It basically had a stinger on its back. And if you get stung by the stinger, it became a race against time to get to the nearest body of water before it did. And, to st- and if you did, you were safe. But if you didn't, your soul was doomed and you were going to die of poison. Um, it's such a complicated way of avoiding poison. It does sound a bit like it just wanted to play around. Like the Loch Ness Monster would come up to you, stain you, like, come on, let's race, let's go. Uh, so yeah, it's not the exact Loch Ness Monster, it's the kind of Celtic and mythic origins that then made the Loch Ness Monster. Ah. Uh, yeah. That's, so all, that's, all, that's all I'm talking about, Loch Ness Monster, so unless you want to add <laughs> anything to it. Um, I mean, yeah, no, I mainly know about just sort of like the different uh, Greek ones. Uh, the I definitely want to mention the Norse ones, but they have they are the ones that don't have anything yes, to do with this water. Yes, this is what I thought was the most interesting thing. So, basically, uh, the kind of association throughout history has been with lizards, Big, it's been a way of explaining like kind of things they couldn't really understand back then. So like fossils, big bones of dinosaurs and such. Yeah, exactly. They would associate them with dragons. However, from the research I did, I found that the Norse had very few of these. So the idea of them having dragons was a bit of a cultural black hole. I, I couldn't find too much about it without getting it kind of really, really Even though, weirdly enough, uh, one of the most modern interpretations of dragons comes from North, Norse mythology. So even though... Um, it's weird why they know of dragons. Uh, I don't know. I'm very much not a history nerd, so it might be a connection of just sort of them uh, going off, discovering other lands, and then finding bones. But oh, that would actually make more sense. Yeah, but actually, um, uh, there is one dragon called Fafnir, um, who is the most modern sort of like similar, like most similar to modern dragons because it was like a scaly winged dragon who had a horde of gold. And um, oh, is this the story you were telling me about? The, is this the dwarf? Yes, yeah. uh, there we yeah, go. Yeah, There's yeah, yeah. the dwarf. Um, actually, Here we go. Yeah, we've yeah. gone. We've very like I still have sea serpents to talk about, but now we're talking about the modern versions. But anyway, I'm gonna finish this story. So, As you can see, um, we are both. We're, I'm dyslexic, and she's well, uh, just by so d- yeah, yeah. So we'll, just we'll, we'll, we might go in mad rambits for bits, but absolutely. So it is really much. <laughs> it is really much just going to be. Um, us rambling for two hours, and I hope anyone's interested. Um, yeah, because if my mom's, have, if my mom's listening, like she said she was, uh, this is what your son's doing now. <laughs> um, my parents don't know yet. I will send in if the recording works. Then I'll send it to them. But oh, won't tell them when we're actually doing it live because that will make me far too nervous. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. The, the story. Get, get back to the yes, dwarf story. So dwarf story. <laughs> so this board. dwarf Fafnir um, gets cursed by gold. Um, because of greed, um, as in just sort of like, um, oh god. Uh, he get. I'm pretty sure he just takes over a hoard of gold, and then gets a cursed ring. Um, because later on, yeah, the story isn't actually about him. The story is about Zigurd, who slays him afterwards. He's like a typical knight in shining armor, and then goes over and then slays the dragon. And, and Fafnir's like, bro. Um, Can I cringe? <laughs> bro, you are going to be cursed by this. And Sigurd was like, nah, I'll be fine. Um, 
don't actually remember what happens afterwards, if I'm completely honest. I really should have uh, checked it. I didn't expect to be talking about this myth. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll talk about Greek myths. She, she says that, but it was the first thing she came to me with. She literally went, I have oh, this story God. about a dwarf. No, it's because I remember that ages ago. Um, and then and I was like, oh, I'll be able to talk about it. And then actually researching, I just completely ignored it. <laughs> but I do, I do have some oh. terms up, because I was like, oh, I'll put like the typical names up because that's if I need to remember it's uh yeah it's the, a the very it's, it's a very what I would say is it's very much the kind of first kind of one of the very first stories um about dragons being associated with greed yes exactly much, yeah. very much within the western culture and how we typically see dragons because uh what's very interesting is uh, I the difference I thought was very interesting was from the Chinese and Japanese dragons seeing them as godlike beings and wisdom kind of wisdom sages to the kind of Western ideas of them being these kind of conquerors, these big monsters to be slain. Yeah, I mean, this, for example, it's called a curse. So it's like a curse that Fafnir was turned into a dragon. When um, in Eastern countries, with like the more divine uh, sort of sense of dragons, um, it was a blessing. It's like, oh, I'm a descendant of a dragon. Emperors were descendants of dragons. Yes, that was actually the first Chinese emperor was believed to be a descendant of uh, a dragon. Yeah, that's exactly. That's, that's how the legend goes. I am not saying that's true, but it'd be pretty dope if it was. Uh, I feel like in a later episode, we need to go back in time and figure that out. Well, we could probably do an episode on that and figure out how, how true it is. Mainly due to the fact that a lot of the... There's an entire part of Chinese... Uh, history, uh, history that might entirely be mythology because the records didn't survive very well because everyone kept killing each other. We'll that have to do an episode of war at some point, of course. That's, that's is that the a, mytho a mythological creature for the week? War. I feel that could be a pretty good one. We'll come back to that. Anyway, back to dragons. Um, the kind of uh, interesting ones that were kind of the other ones people know are the Greek legend ones. So yes, the Hydra, we'll go back to Greek. <laughs> we'll go back to Greek now, like we said. Actually, you just mentioned Hydra. That's really interesting, because Hydra is called Hydra in Greek, not Dracon. That's one of the ones that I mentioned. Wait, 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 they wait, didn't wait, have so, slow down, right? So, like, is, like, so is, like, Hydra... Is Hydra the Greek word for dragon, then? Or is no, it... no, no, Hydra is a Greek word for Hydra. Oh, so Hydra... Oh, so they don't see it as a dragon? No, they, ne they never wow, saw it. Okay. They just... Uh, I think it's called Hydra Learn Naya. That's what I just saw, uh, as in, like, looked up uh, in my research. Um, so it's just... But Learn Naya is, like, of learner, so it's more of the place. It's just the monster that was called Hydra that's not been used... Uh, I, I definitely has something to do with water, I'm assuming. It did. It does live in water. From yeah, as uh, some of you will probably not be surprised to learn, I read all the Percy Jacksons when I was a child, um, and so did I. But as a teenager, yes, which is a child, pretty much at this point. Um, <laughs> yeah, from what I remember, it was it was a it was a water serpent again, yeah. which is a very interesting. Exactly. Which I think is very interesting about how you can definitely see uh, when looking at all these kind of different cultures, you can definitely see the the way it's all been associated to one branch of creature mm -hmm. uh, and it's 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 cool to see they're all just different mythical it's a giant mythical family tree of distant cousins yeah exactly i mean we can't really specifically define a dragon modern versions have tried with like being oh no that's not a dragon that's a draconic or that's a wyvern which is actually it's like from the 17th century which isn't too modern but it still is, you know, not Greek mythology where... But um, in 
Greek mythology, the ones that were called sea monsters were called Kitos. So that would be C-E-T-O-S. And so they definitely made a distinction there between sea monster and dracon, which um, uh, we had the dracon Ismenios, uh, which was the one that was killed by Cadmus when he wanted to found the city. Um, and the anyone who has know, knows something about Greek mythology, the Spartoi, um, so, you know, the men of Sparta, this is Sparta, these people, they were, uh, like, born um, from crocs sewn by the dragon's teeth. Well, that would explain why they were always hell-bent and killing everyone. Yeah, I mean... I mean, if I was born that way, I'd be like, chief, I gotta kill someone. <laughs> I think it's not even, it's not born, they were literally described as it was a croc. Like, they would is, just... Is that just one method? Is that just, is that trying to basically... Right, okay, I'm gonna ask this, right? Pretend I'm very stupid about this okay. subject. Yeah, yeah. Um, As you are. Shut up. <laughs> um, is that maybe just a very, very fancy way of saying that they just bred kids on a mass scale? That, that probably, that's probably, but they, that's what I'm. That's what that sounds like. Where, like, because from what I know of Sparta, it was mm -hmm. about the survival of the fittest, uh, the greatest kind of warriors, the Greek yeah. pantheon, uh, the actual Greeks. Um, but. I thought the entire point was it was basically their best warriors bred, and then they took the best offspring, trained them up. Yes, as, as far as I know, that's also how that whole yeah was going on. So, yes, so it's as yeah, that's definitely a fancy way of saying we had a massive breeding program. It definitely also sounds a lot more badass than just being like. It does sound more badass than saying yes, my mother was the best, my father was the best, and they fucked. Yeah. So. Uh, for <laughs> Anyway, so... As you see, this is a very classy podcast, a very classy yes. show. Nothing we but... We only the... drink tea with our pinkies up. I, I, um, I just finished my book at the same time. <laughs> back on topic. Yes, back so. on topic. Oh my god, we're terrible at this. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so... Did you find out anything about Central American uh, dragons? Because I could find very little. Uh, Central American. Um, I mean, they definitely... Okay. Because I thought... Did we say they were uh -huh. somewhat similar to... Right, I don't have anything on Central American dragons because I couldn't find very much. Oh, I could definitely found. I definitely found something. I'm just, I'm just placed in the wrong place. She's, a, do she's, it. A, she's just clicking through her mass of documents right now. Absolutely. Uh, well, there's definitely um, Quetzalcoatl. I think I just forgot. Say that again, that. sorry? Quetzalcoatl. Quetzalcoatl? Quetzalcoatl? No, Quetzalcoatl. I think it's pronounced that way. I've Screw tried. it, the dragon. It sounds like cock. Okay, no! Just, what, Why would you, you do this? Because I'm going to admit my ignorance and say I can't pronounce it without sounding offensive. God damn it. Anyway, there's literally a cockatrice as well. Can't even say it for that one. <laughs> anyway, so the moving, Quetzal... Moving on from cock jokes. The Quetzalcoatl was like a god of just arts and crafts, but very, very powerful. Um, I didn't look too much into it, even though I did want to. But um, either way, it was a very, it was a feathered serpent actually. So that's um, one of the only ones I've found. Maybe I'm just an idiot, but with like a dragon with feathers on it, which is you know. Well, that would date back to kind of dino like proper dinosaurs. Yeah, exactly. Which is just really interesting because everything, all of the other ones are just really scaly, which makes sense for like um, serpents because they would look at snakes and be like, oh, you know, that but bigger. Um, and also, like, sea serpents, because obviously you wouldn't have feathers in water. But um, Quetzalcoatl from... This is, like, um, 
Central America, so like uh, Aztecs, Mayan cultures. Um, I think it's mainly in Aztecs, and the uh, Mayans had a different name for it. I just have no idea what the name is, but uh, which, yeah, and uh, just know that it's very, very colorful as well. So it's loads of colorful feathers, which probably, you know, birds. Yeah, I, I would definitely say kind of like birds, hawks, such as that. Mm. Like, so, oh, it's flying? It has to have feathers. Well, that's not a bad assumption. No, yeah, no, I completely agree. Like, if it flies, well, everything I've seen lately has wing, has a, has wings, has feathers and flies. As a, mm-hmm. Out of an assumption, I think that's a pretty good one. Well, I mean, that then dates back to people attempting to fly originally by flapping their arms really, really hard. I mean, yeah. That's going to go into different mythology, but as in, like, uh, you know, Daedalus and Icarus. Yeah. But that's a completely different thing. Nothing to do with dragons. Nothing to do with dragons, yes. Um, Oh no, it's the entire point we can then see the kind of uh, the different points, different ways this is going. It, the, different, the different avenues that people have been inspired by and we can then see the rationality behind them. Oh yeah, okay, fair enough. I like, because the first part of this is to always explore the real like origins of them. So. Oh yeah, yeah. But I don't know if that really specifically has something to do. I think that's just uh, people wanting to fly because they see birds in general, so not dragons. Anyway, and we'll uh, get back. The, yeah, yeah. Because what I wanted to mention with Quetzalcoatl is he is very much, you know, a god, a divine being, very, very similar to what we see in Eastern cu- cultures with, like, you know, the Chinese dragon. Again, of just having something very divine, powerful, and something, you know, all around not good, but not evil. So just, you know, god. When in uh, Western cultures, so very much European legends, they center around dragons being evil being um not yeah no so for example all of the greek uh, all of the greek monsters they're all monsters all of these dragons are beasts that were killed by heroes they are very very powerful but they're mainly powerful to make humans powerful because those humans defeated them so like oh my god we're yeah, so it's scared essen- it's essentially a way of going that us as a species can overcome these godlike or unfathomable powers yeah, exactly. Actually, funnily enough, in the Bible, um, there are also dragons. Oh boy, here we go, kids! <laughs> in the Bible, there are actually dragons, which are mentioned um, sort of I like as a I symbol for Satan. Yeah, I didn't. When you were telling me about this before we started, I didn't. I, I didn't actually realize there were dragons in the Bible. No, I didn't realize that as well until because I did hear about it ages ago. But then a friend of mine said, "Like, yeah, are you going to be talking about the dragons in the Bible?" I was like, "Huh, that's a good point." Because um, it's usually because well back to actually that idea of Satan his first proper depiction was as a snake exactly so you know Satan just thought that's not cool enough let's put wings on it wings buddy old pal old friend <laughs> what's more evil than a snake a winged snake, snake. Um, but yeah no every time God you say that right, we say that jokingly right but see if a snake did grow wings oh I God. would absolutely break it like. I- I do love snakes, so I'm a big, big fan of snakes. I think snakes. Yeah, what are you can't precious. see, ladies and gentlemen, right now is um, she's actually wearing two necklaces right now. One is like a serpent dragon, and the other one's a full-blown dragon. Absolutely. Yes, and I'm wearing green. She's wearing green, and I'm well. I'm You're also wearing green. I am wearing green, but it's my uh, the Clash T-shirt. Yeah, no, I'm. Uh, I was just, like, just I'm gonna go this skate. Is now, this is now part audio drama where we describe our appearances <laughs> to our audiences. Um, but yeah, it's it's very interesting to see how. How much, as human beings and society, we interpret 
these very similar fears and anxieties about the ex existence in the universe, and we translate them into this. And what was very powerful about them is they've lasted for over 2,000 years. Yeah, I mean, it, people are still... Long, using... way before that, as well. Because I'm saying 2,000 years yeah. of, like, Jesus was about, like, back when we were... Yeah, that's it beforehand with, like, you know, Greek, uh, Greek mythology, and then you've got the Babylonian. So... Um, so now we'll, we'll now do the kind of the, the middle wee bit. So, with these innate, this is where these innate fears come from, right? But she's giving me a bizarre look. But um, you say middle of it. Well, it's, it's a middling point in this discussion about the mythology. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, because I thought you just said like we're in the As middle of the see, show. As you can see, ladies and gentlemen, we are professionals. At Absolutely. We've scripted this. We have spent months planning. Totally wasn't a thing where I went. Let's host a radio show. How hard could it be? <laughs> Turns out it's hard. <laughs> so, do you personally believe dragons ever existed? I'm sorry. Dinosaurs are dragons, pretty much. Like you have winged beings with beaks. Well, but maybe not fire sprouting, but. Well, I mean, you got the one from Jurassic Park that throws up vomit. You're saying that, like, Jurassic Park is a historical... Uh... I think you'll find it's a, a great historical film, totally mainly due to the fact that uh, it's what, you know, started loads of the misconceptions of the 90s of dinosaurs. <laughs> um, but yeah, but yeah, so in some sense, yes, they did exist in the form of dinosaurs. Definitely. I mean, I would have... And then people's discovering of these bones interpreted them as this. I... It would be really interesting to see if... Um... Dragons are just sort of like big lizard creatures in, you know, Middle Ages where our modern version of it is like we always think of a, a, a knight in shining armor saving a princess from a dragon. Like if they were just big lizards that were terrifying, but we don't know about. Because I don't know how, what exactly. Well, look at the, like the that. iguana. Exactly, yeah. And the, the oh, what's the big one, the huge one that's actually like a dinosaur? The crocodile. <laughs> That, that is too. not bad as well. Crocodile, alligator, yes, yes, okay. They a are sea very serpent, much. there we go. We're back, sea, on yeah, back on sea serpent. Well, see, but that's the entire point. They're the modern evolution. That and the chicken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough, yeah. I mean, feathered, feathered dragon, there we go. Feather it's dragon, a chicken. There we go. I am going to get, imagine I want a chicken coop. I'm imagine going to... finding out, right, your ancestral descendant became a chicken. You were this huge, <laughs> monstrous beast that ruled the world, and now you get hunted by foxes and humans eat the thing you poop. Or lay, I sorry, lay, lay. Hmm? Eggs. Eggs, okay, okay, yeah, no, I don't. I'm not implying fetal, well, I mean, there probably are people who do. No, 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 anyway, back on topic. There's of enough dragon. freaks out there, Gwen. Anyway, yes, so, back to the actual thing, talking about those kind of ones, what, out of these ones, what is your personal favourite interpretation in mythology? Which one of these is the best? Which are the best? Oh, the, the best version. Yeah, the best version. What do you like the most? Uh, good question. Because I do like very like modern takes on old versions, but we'll get to that in the second half. So I can't mention that yet. Hmm. I like. I definitely prefer like divine uh, dragons as divine beings rather than evil uh, evil animalistic lizards. Um, yeah, I quite I quite like them being intelligent beings, but I yeah. do also quite like them being evil as well. Mainly, just, not necessarily evil, but I quite like because we'll talk about it later on, like when we talk about kind of more interpretations. But how like 
uh, different kind of colours, can be associated with different things. And then, like, I like the ideas of dragons being a very complicated creature like humans, because they're meant to reflect different parts of us and dark, different parts of our insecurities, as we talked about. Yeah. I like the idea of them being somewhat intelligent beings. Um, uh, because I think that's far more... I think that's, I think that's more interesting rather than just being an act of nature. It does something for a reason. Rather than just going, it's in its nature, it does something because it can comprehend its consequences of its actions. Yeah, no, I yeah, I agree. Pretty much that, because if it's just like a, a big monster to fight, it's just sort that of... That does have its place, sure, but... Uh, but for favourite. This is not the best, It's we're talking about our favourite sort of version exactly. of it. And... Um, uh, yeah, it's just sort of I I like snack like snake like snack. Yes, she means snake. She's a child and she I can't speak properly. Yeah. Uh, yes, pretty much. I'm doing a radio show and I can't. I'm I'm so surprised. I am doing okay for now. We're doing pretty decent. I, I think we're doing pretty decent. I'm just gonna wait for the email from the from the, from the producer of the program. Uh, programming head of air radio and high could you never come back <laughs> your incessant um, use of the word snack has annoyed us to no end that's why we get kicked out that's all right then i don't mind that quite don't so say much. that like it's gonna happen <laughs> uh, i mean if we get kicked out because i've been saying snack stop saying much. that <laughs> stop saying we're gonna get kicked out no but i'm just talking about the reason why we will get kicked out no, we won't get kicked out, hopefully. We'll do good. I am very much enjoying this. <laughs> right. is fun. So, moving, moving on from getting us kicked out. No, what I want to say, actually, it was, like, sneaky dragons. Like, you know, mischievous dragons. That I do quite like. Even though, um, in general, it's more just sort of, like, they're divine beings. Or they're just monsters. So not really sneaky-like. But I do like that interpretation of them. Yeah. Uh, so, I'm going to talk about... Uh, I think the last one we'll talk about is the Mrs. Pope. Go on. Go on, say it. Mesopotamia. Mesopotamian error, and where one of the one of the more common and no, more known dragons comes from in recent years, uh, Tiamat. Yeah, Tiamat. So Tiamat, uh, for those listening, Tiamat uh, is also a dragon in D and D, but uh, we'll get onto that in the second half. However, in the Mesopotamian era, uh, Tiamat is a female deity of salt water. Yeah. So. Um... And she is. Usually slain by the hero Ba 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 Bahamut 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 Yes. So, look, shut. Up. No, I think it's. Bahamut. I spent all last night trying to pronounce that guy's name. And came up. <laughs> but yeah, uh, typically they are enemies, and within D and D lore, they're still enemies to this day. But um, yeah. I think that's a very interesting idea that such an old legend still say it serves a very the same purpose all these years later i think that's pretty much just sort of like modern interpretations looking stuff up like for so uh um for dungeons and dragons them looking up all of this mythology and then be like hey this is really really cool how about we modernize it and make it sort of an actual story because these are just stories and legends that have been passed out right, exactly and it's it's the idea of taking all these legends and putting them into one coherent form that's exactly. The, that's the actual, getting back to the first part of this, that's the entire point of dragons as all now being part of one giant pantheon. Yeah, all being, all being the same creature, 
but having very different and defining features. I do actually, before uh, we set off on a tangent of anything modern, I do want to mention the hero and dragons fighting bit. Because yes, yes, yes. Uh, as we said beforehand, it's like dragons are like uh, really, really powerful because humans are going to be more powerful than dragons. So, but why did these, you know, random heroes defeat these monsters? This is like, you know, uh, for gold and riches. Well, sometimes, but oftentimes it's because just, of women. Is it because of women? Well, yeah, because of oh, damsel in distress. Yes, damsel in, di yes. in distress kind of thing. And weirdly enough, I actually did have like a remember discussion. Kids, remember, kids, kill your dragons for gold, not women. That's Sigma male. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Yep. There we go. That's we got a Sigma male. Me and I'm happy. Um. But in Greek mythology, there are two different myths. And I definitely had a discussion with a friend of mine um, about, because I know that uh, like a princess was tied to a rock and the sea monster was killed by Perseus. And then a friend of mine was like, no, it's Hercules. I was like, no, I'm pretty sure it's Perseus. It's two different myths, but they are both bound to a rock as a sacrifice to a sea monster. Both sent by Poseidon because he's been pissed off by someone. Poseidon's just a bit dick, isn't he? Uh, no, well, he's not, to be fair. To be fair. In one of them, it's because uh, uh, Poseidon built a wall that was like the Troy Wall. And then the king was like, I'm not going to pay you. I feel like if you were justified. That is That's justified. justified. What is the one of. Well, isn't the entire thing there about the Medusa myth how it's. Uh, that's the reason about Poseidon basically being a dick. Is it Athena? Yeah, uh, yeah no, so it's uh, both Poseidon and Athena. Yeah, so it's the point where Athena curses Medusa so that he can never look upon her again. Yeah, no, so that's a modern interpretation of it because that sort of like. Um, but that's what I'm saying. One of the earlier interpretations was that it is, is that Athena did that to protect Medusa uh, from this way. It was basically meant to be for Cyclone's bit raping. Well, no, actually, well, it's not like the original thing is just so it's sort of not saying it with morals and stuff. It just states facts. It's just how we look at it because of oh, we would like to you know help Medusa. We would like to protect her, and then we think oh, Athena's good because she is pretty cool. She's a pretty cool like goddess to think about, um, but also very much of just um oh god that that's something i definitely definitely didn't look up but there's a guy who we, we, we will metamorphosis do the greek pantheon yeah. um uh poseidon and uh, well one two three there's metamorphosis which is a few stories like myths that are written about uh, like the gods and stuff and one of them is medusa because it's like her transforming and this dude hated God, so it's definitely a thing of like uh, villainizing Athena, and that's one of the actual like historical, um, like old stories about it. But it's still just a, a guy writing about stories that are older, so it's like that. This is just his, his interpretation. But anyway, it gets kind of diluted. Yeah, this is talking about Medusa now. Medusa yes. does have snakes for for you know hair. There we go. There is we go. that there a we dragon? Got it back. Maybe because I was looking up. I was just like looking up types of dragons. And for some reason, a chimera turned up because a chimera is fire breathing and has a snake of a like a snake as a tail. Is that enough to be a dragon? I wouldn't say so, but maybe it is. I would say a chimera is a type of dragon. I would say it was definitely like a cousin to like the main one. But it like it has the head of a lion and a goat head on its back. Like the goat head is fine, but it's just the head of a lion, which is then a bit like. 
Well, like, I'm not saying it's a proper dragon. I'm saying it's like a distant cousin of the dragon. Like, you could definitely so. trace it back and go, there was some crossbreeding at some point. Okay, fair enough. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting that the Chimera is a dragon. I am, but don't oh, tell God. her. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I say um, that, but she can hear me through headphones anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the other one I'd like to talk about is the Basilisk. The Basilisk? Oh, okay, yeah. So the Basilisk is weird. Yes, I, it's, oh a, it's, a very, it's a very bizarre one. Um, mainly due to the fact that it's, it's had a few interpretations in media. One of the most famous ones being uh, Harry, Harry Potter, Potter and yeah, the yeah. Chamber of Secrets. But that seems the, the common factor in a basilisk seems to be that it, it freezes or turns people to stone. Yeah, but I didn't actually see that anywhere. But that's what I was I was looking that up and I was trying to find it. So I don't know whether or not that's a modern myth or like a modern thing we just associate with it. Because I was I'm gonna double check to see if I can't find the legend the I'm gonna try to see if I can't find the original legend during the break about the basilisk. But if I can't, then we'll come back to it another week. Okay. Uh, oh, oh, actually, sorry, I'm going to completely cut you off. Um, but I remember why I was. She's got a knife. About... <laughs> get it? I wanted cut, to. Yeah, 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 I get it because of cut. Ha 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 ha. Anyway, we're going to stop now. I'm going to leave the radio show. You're going to um, leave there? Oh, yeah. Sorry. That was too bad of a pun. Uh, no, okay. Um, the dragons like protecting something like hoard of gold and then. Yes, killing. back to this. Yes, sorry, because this is a very, very funny this story. I told you this myth. It's the oh, myth of St. George. Oh! It's, okay, I was looking up of just sort of, like, damsels, damsels in distress, because, you know, oh, it's a really interesting thing of, like, you know, Middle Ages, saving princes and all that, because that's a very honourable thing. Um, and then uh, found one, St. George, so uh, it's very, very typical. There's a village um, that's being terrorized by a dragon who lives in a pond because obviously it has to be water again um, and it demands a, like a sacrifice um, every week or so. Um, and yeah, just, you know, eats random villagers. And at one point they're like, oh, um, yeah, we're going to vote out people's children. So just sort of like it's, uh, you know, just but at random, someone's child will now get eaten by the monster. At one point, it's the king's daughter, like a princess, and he obviously begs for them not to do this, but the villagers are like, no, she was chosen, she gets brought to this uh, dragon, and there's a random knight, St. George, that walks past. Um, and that sounds like, oh, okay, so this is, you know, one of uh, a myth with, like, a, a damsel in distress. Can I the way you phrase it? You just walked by? Like, he was just got his giant lance and his shield. Oh, sweet a dragon. <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, that's how it, how it's written. It's just sort of, he's in the area. Um, but that yeah, is no, a he, plot. That is definitely the first D&D story. Uh, uh, You're in yeah. the area and things kick off. Yeah, pretty, that's fair enough, actually. But anyway, so he goes up, like, he, he just casually strolls up to the dragon. Um, like, not kill, it doesn't kill it, but he knocks it out completely. And then drags its alive body to the village with the princess, you know, saving her. And then the village is like, why, why are you bringing this live dragon to us? You're going to kill us all. And he's like, I will kill the dragon if you all get baptized and revert to Christianity. And that point was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Wait, I thought it was just about, you know, oh, knight finds princess, saves her. This doesn't betray the Christians in a very good light either. It's like, we're gonna hold you hostage. We're it's not they did though. Well, I'm not saying they did do that. 
But we're, we're not religious podcasters. No, we're not, we're not doing that. We're, we not doing, <laughs> we're not doing religion yet. Yeah. We're, we're not, we don't have bodyguards yet. You can be, you, yeah. No, if you, you would like to apply for a bodyguard spot and fend off uh, fanatics, please get in contact with us <laughs> at our Instagram. Um, <laughs> actually, yeah, we should, we'll advertise our Instagram. Well, uh, before the break, before the break. Before um, break. So yeah, um, did the so villagers get baptised? Yeah, yeah, no, they obviously, because if you have a live dragon there and your only choice, they're, they're going to get baptised and going to do what they say. I think there's something else that's very, very similar, but I don't know the exact myth, so I'm going to ignore that. Um, but yeah, no, that was just uh, one of the myths I was looking up and I was just shook off from what the, what the heck? <laughs> what the heck, bruh? Um, yeah. So, I, I think we've covered the basis of the mythology we wanted to cover. Um, I did, I mean... Was there one thing you wanted, to, anything else you wanted to talk about? The only thing I want to correct myself, no one's going to pay attention to this, but it annoys me. At the very beginning... See, you say that right, but then we'll get an award for being the most, cur- like, for being the most honest. Yeah, no, I'm already, it's the first radio show, and I'm already apologising for something. Um, <laughs> get the tissues out, I'm uh, going to cry, fake cry. We'll, no. do, we'll do our apology on air, don't worry, we'll, uh, we'll go do some check handing out, we think. Exactly, no. <laughs> Um, beforehand I said with Norse mythology I just mentioned like yeah no with like very little dragons they've got the most modern versions because they don't have any water serpents that's completely wrong you've got Jormungandr which is like one of the biggest dragons in Norse mythology <laughs> um, as you know the Midgard serpent the giant snake that tours the flat earth because you know the earth is flat apparently and this is a, uh, that's a joke that's a joke that's a joke uh, <laughs> we're going to get a thousand emails now Um, This is what gets us off the radio. Yeah, flat earth joke. Flat (laughs) Um, earthers have friends all over the globe. (laughs) For anyone who doesn't know, Young Mungandra is the child of Loki, the god of mischief, and the giantess uh, Ankle Border. Um, One thing I will say about all mythologies, right? What is it with people giving birth to different sets of, like, animals? Why can't, like... Well, I think it's because... Medusa gave birth to the Pegasus. Yeah, because it's monstrous women. Because you've got, in Greek mythology, you've also got Echidna, which is like the whole mother of monsters. It's always mother of monsters. The dad's always ignored. It's mother of monsters, which is a pretty powerful title, if you ask me. That's a great title. Imagine that on your CV, mother of monsters. Can you manage a McDonald's? yeah, so Jormungandr, World Serpent, Raps yeah, in the Yeah, now that's all. I just wanted to correct myself on that. And I'm, yeah, pretty much done with it. I know this is all just like a basis overview of it. By far, we're not going to go into detail. There's loads yes, of stuff if, to talk if, about. Please, yes, do not. If We probably were going to get maybe get a few things wrong. Yeah. Do try and proofread everything. Do try and check it all. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we're going to take a wee break, and then we will come back out with our next half part where I'm a bit more better at yeah um, which is the more modern interpretations and how we see dragons today in society and oh boy have I got some capitalist jokes lined up oh no I mean fair enough but okay yeah is, is yeah. that essentially what dragons are now just a capitalist thing anyway I mean they, they hoard gold that's what yep fair enough billionaires do what we'll do is so what we do is how I yeah. How we're going to do the break is I will put on a few songs uh, that relate to the topic. So um, I'm going to start off with my personal favourite about dragons, uh, the Dragonborn from Skyrim. Uh, and then Gwen, did you choose one yet? Or uh, uh, no, I just thought we were going to do one for the middle. Uh, we are very professional. We've organised this beforehand, um, so we'll do one in the middle. I think have a quick break with that. Or how long is the song? It's not. 
because otherwise we can do a song from Imagine Dragons. That's dragony enough. But it's draggy. It's about four minutes. That gives enough time to do. Nah, yeah. I, I, I need to find the song. Okay, yeah, no, fair enough. So that or if you're not back by then, I'll just put another one on. Yep, um, right. So, But uh, yeah, we'll see you in see you a little bit of a break. Yeah, see you in like five, ten minutes. Yeah, five, ten minutes. Sweet.
And we're back. Uh, it's a quick wee break. Feels as if things are fine. Um, just need to double check the mic's working. Testing? Yeah, it is. I think so. Uh, yeah, it seems like mine's yeah, working awesome. as well. So, yeah, uh, the next part of this will be uh, my kind of more prolific section where we kind of talk about modern interpretations. And one of the best, I feel, to start with is going to be everyone's old favourite Lord of the Rings. Oh, no, I don't know any dragons in Lord of the Rings. What are you talking about? Well, now, what's very interesting... I didn't put it on the Instagram. You didn't totally put it on the Instagram or anything like that, no. So, um... Tolkien, very good writer about Lord of the Rings, um, but what, when I was doing my research for this, I ended up looking more and more into the, the first age. So, like, the stuff that's not in the movies. So, like, it's in the Similarian and the kind of earlier books Tolkien wrote, where the original Dark Lord, uh, when attempting to try and conquer uh, Middle-earth, um, unleashed an army of, originally one, but then became an army of massive lizards. So they didn't have wings, and they were these massive monsters that ran about the battlefield causing chaos, which I thought was a very interesting, uh, as they started out with not having wings, and it would later become an addition that he would add as, like, to make them worse, to make them eviler. Um, and throughout, throughout Tolkien and Lord of the Rings, dragons do play a very evil role within the mythology. Um, from after the first kind of great massive war with the first Dark Lords, uh, they then go on to inhabit the north and war constantly with the dwarves, which is a very interesting parallel of tokens, dragons, and dwarfs constantly on each other for gold and greed. Back to your original story about the dwarf who turned into a dragon. Fun fact: that is definitely the inspiration. Of oh, Smart. more, more, more than yeah. more than certain. Um, and so we'll then first we'll then talk about everyone's favourite uh, Sherlock dragon, Smoke. Uh-huh. I mean, it's one of my favourite interpretations of a, like, a powerful, greedy dragon. Because I do I do love Benedict Cumberbatch's voice. I can't, you can't who, lie. Who don't, and who can't deny that even when he's a massive dragon, him and his mate have chemistry when they're acting together. <laughs> even when he's a massive CGI dragon, that still works quite well as a scene. Have you seen, um, like, images of him acting it out? Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting to watch him act that. I mean, it, may, it does... Gives so much more dynamic to the character. It's yeah, really it's, impressive. It's, I, I th- voice acting is a very underappreciated art. I agree. Um, yeah. So as that interpretation, they are very much greedy, power-hungry, evil monsters. That's how they're portrayed in Tolkien's lore, mm-hmm. um, which is a very classic European example. But they're also intelligent creatures. They can speak. They're cunning. They plan. They actually wage a war and together with the dwarves originally. So they keep a kind of militia military coordinating with each other to attack the dwarf holds in the north um, to then force them out of the mountains and into where Erebor is, where Smog, Smog, I always say No, Smog, it's definitely Smog. It's, 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 it's Smog. Yeah, yeah, because uh, my, my dad has gone on rants of, oh my god, he's definitely not allowed to listen to this, but no, he's gone on rants on how it's Smog because smog. of German uh, right. history. And when Smog comes down from the north and attacks Erebor and takes them out, takes the Lonely Mountain, and sits there for over a hundred years. It's different in the movies and books because yeah. I think it's I think it's over a hundred years in the in the books, mainly due to the fact that they attempt to try and take Moria, 
I mean, in the films, he they also try and take Moria instead of Erebor. Because yeah, of but is it, the issue there, though, is uh, Thorin's father doesn't die there. Doesn't get captured there. Because in the movies, in the extended editions, he does get captured, and that's when Sauron's looking for the Red Dwarf. Yeah, it's ring. because he gets lost. Like, he falls out of battle, and people think he's dead, but in reality, he in reality, gets captured. Yeah, in reality, he gets captured. But that that is still prevalent in both mediums, but very differently done. Actually, is there a water serpent in Lord of the Rings? Well, speaking of that, Tolkien did have Eldritch Horror in it. So he had yeah. things like... Uh, which was quite an interesting thing, and it's kind of similar to how it's done at points in Game of Thrones. We'll come back to that in a second. But okay. There's something very okay. interesting about Game of Thrones in the books when I was doing my research for this. Um, so, essentially, Tolkien would write about these Eldritch beings of horror that lived in between the space spaces mm-hmm. so you know the watcher in the water the one by mines of moria yes yeah yeah, yeah. that's one of them Mellow. it's in it's basically during creation when the god essentially there's two gods there's the guy in charge and there's like a kind of demigod basically are singing a song and one of them singing the song his own way which creates the evil of the world and such manipulating things it's it's fascinating oh it's god fascinating. okay but um it's essentially the two of them they create. They they don't actually realize they create beings out of the emptiness of existence, and these things begin inhabiting Middle Earth. And it's, it's like, it's they they, they can take on Balrogs in one on one combat. They essentially are as powerful as like Gandalf, the Balrog, Sauron, but they essentially live as these deep beings beneath the mountains and the seas. Um, the dwarf. It, it's actually one of the things that dwarfs talk about as well is that's what they're afraid they'll dig up when they dug up the balrog they went we've dug up a balrog we've also unearthed other things okay god. oh my god okay I don't, that's loads of mythology that's you know completely yeah. interesting fact about uh, before we move on back onto dragons uh, mm-hmm. the balrog was orig- uh, was uh, originally uh, a frontline shock trooper for the first dark lord of lord of the rings he used about yeah they used about had about like Ten of them, and he used to use them in frontline combat, and they don't have wings. Huh? Wait, they don't have wings. So no, that's, that's a big mis- that's a big misconception. But it's uh, they don't actually have wings in the books, but in the film adaptation, the wings are used more to glide rather than fly. What do with uh, with all laws of gravity? Uh, I'm, I tried. I wanted to say the like beginning lines of the B, B movie for the Balrog. And this podcast, this show's over. She's never <laughs> she will now be taken back out and shot. <laughs> um, I will not be because I am indestructible, and you can't prove otherwise until 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 I get arrested for stripping you in the back of the head to try and prove immortality. Yeah, but actually, I'll just fake my death. Anyway, I am moving back to dragons. Yeah. After that tangent, <laughs> uh, we will go on to Skyrim. A mm-hmm. God damn you, Todd Howard! You've even stuck into my show. Skyrim, uh, as many of you know, is a very popular video game that has been sold three times over and through remasters, ten-year anniversaries, and all the crap Todd Howard can shove down our throats. Um, dragons within uh, Skyrim are intelligent beings that are harbingers of the apocalypse. Uh, Alduin uh, is meant to is known as the world eater and is meant to signify the end of existence and the ancient Nords uh, who were masters of something called the Shout uh, is essentially the language of dragons so when dragons breathe fire or shout it's actually their language and they're so powerful they're godlike beings 
so they're so powerful their voices actually shape existence so oh they can God, okay. so they can breathe fire ice stop time wait with their shouts yes is it like different types or can one type do all of that it's it's essentially different types but it's like you can learn each word so a dragon would learn their own ancient language mm-hmm. so they could do multiple shouts but it's only if they know how to speak it it's a bit confusing but different dragons can use different shouts because then we get to talk about my favorite dragon in all of fiction parthenax go on so spoiler alert for a 10 year old game parthenax is the leader of the cult of the voice which is a set of humans who continue to practice the old ways of dragon language and the voice to master these powers parthenax is their leader who lives on top of the throat of the world the biggest mountain in all of tamriel the world where skyrim is he sits at the top of it and commands and beckons your character forward basically to explain to him that your character is meant to banish Alduin and kill him. But Parthenax is a dragon still and he explains that he was once a dragon, evil dragon, was out conquering the world with his brethren, enslaving humanity and he has my favourite line ever. What is it? What is better? To be born good or overcome your evil nature through practice and will? Oh god, okay. Yeah, so that's a very philosophical question. Oh god. So yeah, no, it's definitely dragons becoming a lot more intelligent. Oh, yes, like... it's dragons becoming manifestations mm-hmm. of... Which is a lot more of a modern interpretation than anything mythology. But it does date back to the idea of, intel- of within the Chinese and the Japanese seeing mm-hmm. these things as godlike beings and intelligent. Yes, but they look like western dragons. Yes, exactly. That's... So it's the best of both worlds. Well, I don't know. No, this, that's this, entirely this, up to a person. I, is, yeah, I, no, I do agree. Enough. I quite like. I quite like a lot of the kind of the classical Chinese dragon, but um, well, if you look at Never Ending Story, as a mm-hmm. movie, uh, the dragon in that is essentially it's like a dog, but it's like a sausage dog. Look it up. Oh yeah, it. the uh, if, if you if you wait, what's it called? Uh, Never Never Ending Story. I think my sister watched it once. There's a really yeah. tragic scene with a horse in a swamp. I remember that traumatizing <laughs> me. Very, uh... Very, very oh! Old. Oh! I've seen pictures of it. Yeah, no, it's like a dog head, but it's very, very long. Yeah, so it's very much... It was, more re- it was more, very much more reminiscent of the kind of how uh, the Chinese or Japanese would see one. However, it's still Western because it looks like a dog. Sorry, actually, fun fact. In, uh, like, Chinese uh, stories, the head was always different. Like, the... Um, it wasn't always go. just like um, a dragon-like looking head. It was a lion or a goat or anything, really. So God, that imagine was always being what changed an the most. dragon but having the head of a goat. That's... <laughs> oh, that's some hell of a punishment. You're a divine being, but you look like a goat. So, yeah, um, the ideas... Modernly, you can start to see already the ideas that dragons manifest different parts of us and that they are still godlike beings. Um... Yes, so, so there we get to talk about D and D. Those. Well, do you want to talk about The Witcher first? Uh, no, I mean, um, I was just wanted to sort of talk about how, in both cases that we've already seen, it is still very much just intelligent, very very powerful creatures, but um, sort of the manif- evil or just going more into neutral because yeah, they are they which get I really more like, arrogant. Which I really like the idea of. Um, 
And mainly the idea of dragons slumbering also still plays a part as Smaug goes to sleep for 60 years and waits for the yes. dwarves to return. And, and within uh, Skyrim itself, the dragons all basically go into a partial death slumber where they all die, but since their souls can't actually be killed by mortal beings, they just have to wait for they just have to wait for Alduin, the Ender of Worlds, to reawaken them. Which I feel like is a very modern interpretation of how are dragons still now, but they're not in history. They're just so they were asleep. Yeah, they're essentially prehistoric winged evil things. Yeah. So what if the dinosaurs would re- reawaken now? <laughs> Aka Jurassic Park. Anyway. No, no, no. See, Jurassic Park was all about capitalism and uh, science finding a way and humanity pushing science too far. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Sorry, we're not getting into Jurassic Park. But yeah. just, yeah, no, if I there just... There are similar really themes. That can't be denied. Yeah, because it's big lizards. Oh, I have said, no, Steven Spielberg's uh, ideas for the sequels were mad. Like, he wanted, like, dinosaur riders. Like, he wanted people on the back of raptors hunting people down. He, yeah, go look it up. It's mental. Actually, oh, my God, we need to talk about dragon riders. Because oh, we what? do. We because actually that does lead into another one I do have. That will lead into Warhammer. Oh, okay. Which is a very fun interpretation of Dragon Riders. Well, do you want to talk about Warhammer now, and then we can talk about Dragon Riders? Because I've got I've got some okay, points yeah, we'll on Dragon Riders. So, uh, those who don't know, uh, Warhammer Fantasy is uh, the Warhammer universe, the old world, where essentially it's the grimdark, which is everything's terrible, the world's gonna end, but it's all about the normal people of the universe attempting to try and stave it off one day more. Um, and so, uh, in the book I've been reading recently, uh, Gortek and Felix, um, they encounter the elves. And the elves within uh, Warhammer Universe, uh, the Warhammer Fantasy Universe, are a dying race of people. They basically have to keep safeguarding their souls from Slaanesh uh, because their species murder fucked a god into existence. Uh, fair enough. Um, Does it get more good than that, kids? <laughs> uh, and so basically, their souls are bound, and if they don't have a special way of protecting their soul, they uh, their soul gets sucked off uh, by Slanesh and is then tortured to such degree. Um, but where does the dragon riding yes, come in? Yes, sorry. So the ancient elves had a deal with the dragons. And okay. since the dragons were a very similar dying of species, they would team up with the elves and ride together against chaos. But the wars took such a toll on both species that the dragons have slept for thousands and thousands of years, like tens of thousands of years, mm-hmm. and were only awoken in moments of great crises. And the elven dragon riders began to lose the art, and so it became this mystical art amongst the elders of the race they couldn't pass on because there wasn't any way to teach it. Oh, oh okay, yeah. So... It was just sort of a connection, like a deal. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So to and the sense was dragons were becoming so much rarer because they were having to sleep for over ten thousand years to be awake for twelve hours. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. So, so again, the sleeping, a very modern version yes, of sleeping. But what was very interesting about the Warhammer one was during the the, the second great war against chaos, uh, certain sorcerers of chaos would tend to wake the dragons up, curse them, and then set them loose in the world. Uh huh. Because basically they could use chaos magic to keep them awake, but basically it was painful for them, and it was basically like putting a stake through someone's head and going kill. So again, just neutral because they can be good or bad depending on who they're with. Yes, but more evil due to the fact that the sort of the members of chaos were basically directing them to cities. Okay, yeah, fair, yeah. Um, which was very interesting, but the idea was that uh, the dragon riders 
we're a dying off race, a dying off kind of practice within elven culture. Mm-hmm. But then basically they would use things like wyverns, smaller lizard dragons, who then try and replicate the art. So they'd use griffins and stuff. Oh, okay, yeah. So to just keep that away, uh, like still awake yeah. until uh, a dragon would come along. Soon. Yes, until they could wake up a dragon. Yeah. Um, and it's the idea of that art changing, but also dying off at the same time. Gotcha. Yeah. It's basically meant to be an allegory for the actual society of both dragons and elf, and they're all both dying species. Huh. That is good. But, okay, no. Dragon oh. riding, in general, in my head, I thought was just how humans would think about it as in, like, Dragons are awesome. We can agree on that. Like yes, every, of course we can. no matter what dragon, if it's a sea serpent or whatever, dragons are freaking cool. And what would be cooler than just riding a dragon? Like being able to be part of that dragon's life, like having that as a companion. I mean, that's why like awesome. most heavy metal covers have something like that. Exactly, and also, uh, and then in a more wholesome way, you've got like films like How to Train Your Dragon. Which actually, you just sort of like you uh, work with them, you build up a lifelong uh, connection. Yeah, they with became them. pets essentially. Yeah. Which I thought was a very, it's a very cool interpretation. Yeah, and that's not nowhere in mythology. That I don't, I don't think dragon riding or that's something, that's something a very, that's something quite new. That's something that's come yeah. up in the last hundred years. Because I, I look, I would look back at it, and from we knew both know the, the first time we've seen that was like in the fifties. I think so. I think it was like a book, like a fiction. Yeah, there was a set of books that. about dragon riders, and mm-hmm. it was the first. It's the first proper time that someone's actually put that in fiction. I think the only sort of companionship uh, with dragons was when they ever, whenever they turned into humans, because that was there are a few myths of that of just. Um, Bad those, dates back to the first emperor. Uh, yeah, exactly. Just sort of being descendant of that, but not, then it's specific those dragons that actually you know they can shape shift sort of. Yeah. Um, to mingle with humanity. And that's something that survived quite far into... So, so that's actually tra- translated and migrated to Western culture. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because you see it in D&D and stuff now. Mm-hmm. So you uh, you like, see it in The Witcher. You do see The Witcher. So you talk about The Witcher now. Oh, oh, oh Witcher. I love Witcher. Is this going to spoil season two, by the way? Because I've still to see it. Uh, really no, the dragon actually appears in... Oh, it would see, spoil season one. I've seen season one. Okay, right. We're gonna spoil the Witcher season one, so. Um, well, it's just one episode. But the thing is, there's a dragon that appears. Okay, no, I, no. If you don't want to be spoiled for season one of the Witcher, come back in like five, six minutes. Five, yeah, five to ten minutes. Um, go get yourself a go get some coffee, man. You deserve it. Yeah. You've listened to take two care of yourself. Right? Yeah, yeah. They probably already left because we said to leave. But probably. Anyway, anyway, everyone else, get. If you're here, buckle up, kids. Um, but yeah, no. So there's a dragon in it um, called. Oh, Viltremeth. Viltremeth. There we go. Don't look, at me. Right. don't look at me for confirmation whether or not you pronounced that right. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Viltremeth. Anyway. Um, but there, it's uh, the whole thing in The Witcher is that you've got loads of different types of dragons, as in that you've got the dragon dragons, which are the, like the Western version, and they all have their own elements. So you've got like green dragons that have to do with poison. That's in D and D as well. Yes, well, I'll, I'll talk more about that. Yeah. But you go um, and then in which you've also got the draconics, which you would have wyverns. Uh, so wyverns, for anyone who doesn't know, is the same thing as a dragon, but with two legs. Um, actually, that yeah, I think I mentioned it before, but that's from the 17th century when that started appearing, where Britain actually started making the distinction because it was like, well, we're going to use that now, and I think it's in. Um, Oh, the Golden Dragon of Wessex. 
has a wyvern yes. in it. Yeah, so that's sort of one of the first appearances of like a called wyvern because everything, all the wyverns from before were just called dragons. But anyway, Witcher. So in Witcher, you don't have golden dragons. Like Geralt says, they don't exist, they're just fiction. I'm reading the books, by the way, at the moment um, because why not? And because uh, she's a nerd, I say that, but I'm reading old Warhammer books. Right? Yeah, no, I think I'm better than. No, no, it's early 2000s. I technically still am. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> anyway, so in the book, it's the same thing of just sort of you golden dragons don't exist. Um, but then the golden dragon does appear, and it's actually a guy who's been shape shifting, and it's a guy you've met beforehand, and it's just sort of um, it's a really fascinating thing because all of these humans want to murder it for either power fame to be able to use it for magical components um like yennefer is it, is it bad that it took me from when you were starting to remember this episode because i've just oh. it's all just hit my head there and no I remember fair, the entire episode now. it is a bit of a not i think forgetful episode because i've only watched season one once it's mainly because i've read the book that i've really thought about it. like oh yeah um because I, I do remember the episode you're talking about now and because that's, yeah. that's one of my favorite lines of why am I, whenever I'm standing in a war shit, why are you the always one shoveling it? <laughs> yeah, it's when um, uh, Yaskia and Geralt have the fight at the end. Yeah, yeah that's when the two of them break up. Yeah, oh, sad. And then they get, anyway, no, spoiler, no, I'm not going to spoil on season two. <laughs> she, she spoiled it all. No, I've said it too much. No, I'm... Um, so, um, yeah, so it's... Uh, yeah, so, no, it's just a, a fascinating thing of... Um, uh, dragon, like this is a guy you met beforehand. This is a guy that you've talked to. He's a guy who's going on a mission because there was a second dragon there. For those um, who that aren't aware, it's also a video game series. Huh? For those who aren't aware, The Witcher is also oh, a video yeah, game yeah. series. I don't know if the dragon story is in the games. That I do not know because that would be really cool. Because obviously, like The Witcher is filled with choices in the games because it's all, uh, um, you know, diff. Yeah, Gwen in introduced me to the first game by. No. Oh no, okay, yeah, no, go on, go on. Yeah, the game was first introduced to me by Gwen coming, I came into the kitchen last year uh, to get coffee, and Gwen went, Hunter, come look. I went, what is it? She goes, I've been collecting prostitute cards. <laughs> and so, that's how I was introduced to the Witcher series. The Witcher, uh, the first game. Yeah, explain your way out of this one. Um, whenever you make love to a woman with Geralt, <laughs> you get a collecting card. And I like collecting stuff in games, so I was like, I'm going to collect all these cards. So you have to make, you have to make love with as many women as possible. It was the fact you were so open about it in the kitchen. <laughs> I have no shame. Um, it was, it was, it was. That a is not dragons, dragons, dragons. Yes, yes. But yeah, no. So. So. Or like the modern interpretation of just sort of like what makes a monster. That's sort of what I'm what I'm yes, trying it's to get. The idea at. of the intelligence behind the creature. Yeah, because Geralt himself says, as a witcher, he won't kill dragons because they're sentient. And then all of these other humans are like, no, 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 we need to kill it because they're attacking this green dragon. Um, actually, that story is based on a myth, but I don't. I was trying to look up the myth right. because I remembered it and I forgot about it, so I'm going to ignore it. But. Think about it. Whenever you see a myth, that sounds like a you know. Get to the point, goddammit. Sorry, um, but this golden dragon is like a protector of the other dragons, and that's why this he appeared to like help this green dragon escape. And it's just sort of like having dragons not only be sentient, but be sort of a group dynamic and protecting of uh, like protecting their species because they're a dying kind. Because a lot of modern interpretations that dates back to the Warhammer one about them being a dying exactly. kind. Exactly. Because they aren't powerful enough to maintain themselves. Um, so it's just 
not only is have dragons actually existed for ages, but yeah, it's as you said, it's they're a dying species, and then you they which start is, to have more is, of a group dynamic. Which is, I really think it's a very interesting trope to apply to dragons. Is the idea of they were once these great glorious creatures who used to rule all, and now uh-huh. their 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 empire is nothing but a distant memory to them. Exactly, it's, it's yeah. out of the minds of humans and el- it, maybe the elves, other races that live that long might have an inchling of what it is, but. I mean, it's just sort of like everything becoming more modern. It, it's also yeah, all, all it's of that. All, yeah, it dates back to that being becoming more modern, but it's also a very interesting way of uh, the ecosystem, the world changing, that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's what I, exactly, yeah, exactly. That's what I meant. Just sort of like the mythology, that sort of like the aspect of belief and having, well, not a god to believe well, it's in. It's the idea that are, this is a yeah. god or a pantheon that has disappeared. Exactly. So, yeah, it's pretty much just slowly letting back that belief system and concentrating on humans and in sometimes in very negative ways because then you concentrate on fighting, like with uh, Warhammer being very grimdark. Um, but what's interesting about the, yeah, but the entire point is though it's human interfere, it's two wizards who interfere and make the dragon evil. So that then kind of goes, yeah. who's, who's the worst being here as the human or the dragon? Well, then the humour, because the humans doing all of the work. And yeah, that actually, that's another point of just... Dragons are slowly um, becoming extinct or dying out because of humans, because they are interfering. And that is definitely used in uh, modern media as... Uh, yeah, I would I would definitely agree with you on that. Now, uh, we move on. Sorry, yeah, no, we'll yeah. move on. I just we'll really to wanted to mention that. Yeah, no, it's, 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 a really, no, it's a really good topic to mention about dragons and how... But how we explore extinction of a species. Yeah, and then it's such a powerful one at that, because it's like, yeah. they were once super powerful in mythology to make humans stronger, that, yeah, but I think that's, and now? Yeah, but, but using that is the idea of that every human, to an extent, understands when we say a dragon has died. Everyone will have an interpretation of that, but everyone will understand that it's a great beast that has died, or a great animal, or a great being. Yes, exactly, and that's just sort of... Which I think is interesting alone. I think that's a very interesting way of how different cultures react to... How, how different people would react to the death of a dragon. I've, interestingly enough, like in mythology, it was always like the death of a dragon would be something so extraordinary. Like, oh my god, humans are amazing. Yeah. They've conquered dragons. Actually, that's one of the best bits of uh, the novel when Felix, the human, mm-hmm. basically is with his buddy Gort- Godrickson. And Godrickson wants to kill the dragon or he wants the dragon to kill him because he'll be redeemed through his death. But basically, Felix has a magic sword that's been built to kill dragons, and mm-hmm. he doesn't know that till they're on board an airship and the dragon attacks, and two people, someone has to hold on to him because he's basically trying to swing off the side of an airship in the clouds, trying to kill this thing. Okay. Because uh, the sword's yeah. forcing him. It's actually giving oh. him, which is very interesting idea of a item being forged to kill a dragon. Would that then have an impact on the user? Because would they still want to kill the dragon? If yeah, because Felix doesn't realise what he does until he starts shouting abuse at the dragon that's breathing chaos fire at him. Okay, fair, to be fair, it is uh, um, controlled by an evil human then and just sort of like you know, yeah. chaos fire and all that. But it, Yeah, woken up, given, super, given more powers and then told to go about cause chaos. What if it were a really peaceful dragon though? Well, that's what the elves had. That's the deal mm. they had with the dragons was they became buddies in combat and they fought against chaos because they understood chaos would kill them both. So they yeah. went, the dragons wanted to sleep, and so they realised helping the elves would essentially guarantee them more time. But it killed eight of those dragons. 
but it's just the, the, the laws item. of chaos are very interesting on their own. So it really at the in modern versions, dragons are absolutely just used for story imagery. Yeah, they provoke powerful imagery in everyone. Yeah, and I think that's what that's a good segue into D and D. Absolutely. So D and D has two main dragon pantheons. It has the yeah. good side and it has a bad side. It's very cut and clean yes. at points. Some points are as grain as right, but uh, there is Tiamat, the Lord, the Lord of Dragons. Tiamat is very similar to her uh, mythological roots. She's usually portrayed with five heads, each to represent a different type of dragon. And within D and D, the color of dragon you are determines what breath weapon you have. So uh, blue is blue is lightning, and then it's like purple is ice i think okay. i'm really confused with that but there's two separate ones yeah red is fire green is like poison black is acid okay yeah no that that, yeah, is, so, that is actually a typical and one. then you get bah i'm not gonna get his name correct again but bah, bahamut yeah bahamut who represents chromonic and metallic dragons who are who are necessarily good and fight against tiamat mm-hmm. so they are like more metallic in nature but like their bread weapons are kind of i think believe more like kind of waterish i guess but like more yeah. steam steam stuff like that less more or less harmful stuff but some of them just do breathe like molten lava and shit that's actually really interesting just so having that as a good side as in like now modern evolution of using it's because it's because they're, they're kind of like neutral colors oh okay okay that makes sense and like meta- and it's the idea of like the metallic being more of part of the earth and stuff i would say oh, okay no fire is really yeah but ice and water? Ice, water, electric. Lightning. That is part of the earth, though. It is. It is more part of the earth. It's, it's destructive, It's not though. perfect, right? I'm not yeah, saying... No. D&D Lord's a bit of a clusterfuck at best of things. <laughs> I do have to say, no, I... See, the theme behind it is everything's destructive. Like, you've got ice, which can uh, completely annihilate humans. Um, and then you've got fire, obviously. Yeah. Very destructive. So, and lightning. Yeah, uh, for instance... Uh, during a D&D campaign I'm still a part of, uh, it's been going on for years now, the first mission was to escort this ancient noble woman to a town, and we got there and it's being attacked by a dragon. We're all level one, so we have nothing, uh, and we all assume it's an illusion. And everyone passes their perception checks, and that's an adult, adult, old, Ooh. lightning-spewing dragon Ooh. that inflicts terror, so we all coward like bitches. Fair enough. And to be fair, right, since we all failed our check, right, that was fine. But then Scott, and every time I talk about D&D, you're going to hear a Scott story. Mainly for the fact that Scott's useless at times. <laughs> if my dad's listening, uh, he'll agree. One job, Scott. Um, and so Scott passed his fear test and uh, pushed someone outside. So he did graphic outside and the guy got fried. Why did he push someone outside? Because Scott's evil. Ah, okay, okay. Yes, but... But... But uh, being people who will have played role play games or played different games with dragons in them will have had their own interpretations of them and seen different versions of them. And within D and D, usually you're trying to kill one. Yes, because it's called Dungeons and Dragons. Oh yeah. It, I mean the whole yeah, it's just all about. But they're but they're all intelligent creatures is what's yeah. very interesting. And back to my kind of very one of my original points was that they all act knowing the consequences going going to plunder a village because I can't, I want gold and I know this place is going to have it they then start cults, they start groups armies, they become entire logistical managers 
because one of the main main enemies and antagonists or groups within D and D is the cult of Tiamat, the cult of the Dragonborn. Yeah, but that's an evil. That's definitely all evil. Yes. Well, Tiamat believes that she uh, that she's destined to inherit every bit of treasure trinket in the known universe. She believes mm-hmm. that's her given right. Uh, Karen. No, because Tiamat's <laughs> willing to do deals and stuff. She's not Karen. Okay. Karen would not be a good way of describing what Tiamat is. No, she has a metric shit ton of sims. You know John Manuel. You know John, uh, uh, John Manuel. The guy who's playing Deathstroke. What the fuck is his name? Can we please just? Oh uh, God. It's just become really bad lately. Wait, Deathstroke. Yeah, Deathstroke DC movies uh, actor. There are many, but I can check. Uh, just give us a second. Yeah, John Mag. Uh, Joe. Joe Mag. Man- Manganiello. Yeah. Um, you can all look him in up. In the Justice him. League, Deathstroke, yes. if you want to look it up. Yeah, so he actually plays one of the most famous dragon characters in D&D history. Uh, he plays a Oathbreaker paladin who is trying to simp for Tiamat. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, so it's written into D&D lore now. Uh, very famous critical role campaign. Stole the hand of an ancient evil god and attempts to try and use it to get his uh, wife out of hell. And he wants oh, to you have told me about this. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's a very famous moment in D and D history of uh, a very sneaky moment, very clever. Mm-hmm. But he, uh, but that also leads into another point uh, about dragons' descendants. So you get dragonborns, half dragons. There is a difference, by the way. Dragon, yeah, no, that oh, the, yeah, yeah, that's epic. That's it. I've got an interesting story on that, but <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's the idea of half-dragons and dragonborns being different. I quite like the idea of dragon blood being in your body, but not meaning the main one. Mm-hmm. And then you get a half-dragon who... Well, I mean, there are a lot of horny bards out there, kids. The stereotype came from somewhere. Yeah, no, for anyone who does play D&D, they can't play D&D without knowing the joke of bards. Uh, so your wonderful, happy music To be, to music be fair, right, to be fair, right, the characters I've seen be super like horny, right, are mainly the knights. Oh yeah, no, and the enough. and the knights and paladins mainly just the fact they go religious order. I must interrogate all the women, all the men as well. <laughs> anyone who looks slightly feminine, bring them in, and yeah. But in in the joke, it's just yeah, bards. Um, bards, bards, fuck. Bards, fuck a lot of dragons. Yes, uh, the first um. f- first campaign of Critical Role what did very much have uh, all of these there was oh no the most famous one is scanlan who is a bard gnome who essentially would go about the entirety of the world shagging everywhere he went so much <laughs> so that one of the plot hooks was that he had a secret daughter he had to hide from the rest of the group oh okay that's actually i've got a bard fucking story as well um, not me playing a bard, but I was DMing a one shot at some point, and just this, fucking a dragon. Uh, yeah, no. So the story, like oh the backstory thing, was that a bard had um, fucked a dragon, and then left. So this dragon was really, really pissed off. Oh, is this the child chi- support one? Yes. So had a child, and the bard was hiding in the village, trying to get away, and so the dragon, for no no reason, I've just sort of said. Because she's powerful enough to do this, um, created she's a barrier. She's strong, independent woman. Yeah, she's just strong. She's a girl <laughs> boss. Okay, she can do this. Um, but she completely enclosed the village that was nearby that 
sort of worshipped her. Like d- they were, d- they just had sort of like a good communication. But then she got like, really, really pissed just off. Just to interject to the actual connection point about how even you as a GM have taken that idea personally uh-huh. and seen that as like worshipping a deity. Oh yeah, no, fair. I mean, of just you have a really, really strong, like massive creature. You kind of have to have some respect. But um, you say that, but I mean, I've killed a few these days. No, I would definitely respect uh, massive dragons. If any That's dragons you're are a listening, simp, Gwen. no, I'm not a simp. I just like snakes. Um, anyway, so uh, she forms the barrier around the town. Yeah, no, she creates a massive barrier around the town, and then has sort of like um, uh, every three days, it's a loop, so that the bard can never age and never die. But the only way for him to escape is to come oh up God. and actually talk to her. Uh, <laughs> That's the only way he can escape that. But the thing is, he's a little bit of a dick. But um, if any villager, like if any, all of the villagers, they are also in the loop, so they have no idea what's going on. And if any adventurer would go in and stay there for longer than three days, they would just be teleported to, you know, the beginning of those three days. So if they would come in, like go in, leave later than three days, they would never be able to escape themselves because they have no idea what's going on either. Um, So the... The thing is, I didn't tell them that, but it was just sort of like a bad ending kind of thing. If they would be fucking around too much, then the players would have... I would have just had to say, sorry, you've lost. Um, so did he go talk to them? Uh, no, so in the end, the players figured it out. Um, and went up to the dragon, who was really, really annoyed. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so they went and f- tried to find the bard. And he was running away from them, being more of a dick, trying to murder them by having a massive dance-off. Uh, long story. <laughs> um, but either way, they killed the, they killed the bard. Oh no, actually, I think they brought the bard to like a massive field where the dragon could land. And he was like, no. And so she just killed him. Um, but then she at least was happy. You know, at least all was good. And then she released the village. But the, funny, the funniest part about See, it was... We've just got an interesting insight into how Gwen's going to torture anyone who screws her over. Absolutely, but I'm sending a dragon onto them. Uh, but no, so the, I started creating this village because I was like, oh, I want to make it realistic. So how long, like how many years would make sense for this village to grow? How many years would make sense for this village to be in isolation with still functioning? Um, and like, how would there anyone so where else realise? So where does the dragon come in then? Is that like part of the that, thing? Yeah, no, it was just sort of like, oh, at the beginning of like building up the city, they sort of like, they migrated there close to a dragon, only figured it out like a few months afterwards, and then they had a communication going on. But I wanted to bring in the child of the bard. I wanted to, so that I wanted to bring an NPC, which was a half dragon, um... To, to be fair, one of the, if my dad is listening, he'll understand what a half-dragon is, mainly due to the fact that we brutally murdered two of them recently. Oh, God. Uh, but no, it, I was, w- it, was, it was all their fault, though. That was entirely their fault. Fair look, enough. Look, we've been contracted to kill quite a lot of people, man. It's just blending into one body <laughs> at this point. Either way, uh, in conclusion, I had to look up how long dragon pregnancies would last. <coughs> Uh, to figure right, out if Ms. it would. Scaly? Jesus. No, no, no. But the thing is, I was, I was like being perfectionist. So I was like, okay, how long would a dragon be pregnant? How much will make sense? How long are snakes pregnant? How long are this and that and this and that? 
because I wanted to make sure how many years would be in between of just making sense that the half dragon was old enough to communicate. At the end, I scratched it and just said it's still an egg. We just egg. had our first complaint. Really? Yeah, from Barnabas, uh, which Barnabas, which is uh, this is just the most off-topic oh, thing. No. Bruh, never-ending stories. A book. Pretty sure it's both. It's a, it's definitely a, is it just a book? I think it's a film as well, but anyway. I don't know. I don't know it. I am very I sorry, Barnabas. Is that the complaint? Is that where we get our complaint? <laughs> is that because he just messaged me off the cuff about it? I'm like, all right. Oh my god, we have a listener. We do. We have a Hi, Barnabas. Anyway, right. Don't Bar- don't don't think badly about me about. Uh, uh, sorry, it's just someone in the other room okay. there. I just said I went to. Anyway, so yeah. Yes. So we'll continue on with other stories now. That was the so, D&D part of it. That's what I really wanted to talk about. Well, yeah. de- so we're going to talk about now uh, one of my favourite uses of dragons uh, mm-hmm. within a D&D story. Um, so this took place in a Lord of the Rings game. Uh, it's a story my dad told me, and basically being aware of dragons and greed. Uh-huh. So for context, this group was running a wizard, a few fighters, a few healers, and then a, a rogue thief. Uh, halfling who my dad was playing and there was two elves these two elves were brothers and they played these characters for over 10 15 years right very old characters they had used since they were kids now these two elves has essentially been a prick to my dad throughout the entirety of their time together mainly just the fact they're elves see themselves as better and this is a stupid halfling yeah. long story short very bad blood and parties all go the kind of separate ways but they always intermingle and so one of the elven brothers gets married to a beautiful elven princess and he goes and lives the rest of his life happily. Mm-hmm. The elven brother is greedy and has been told of a great ancient sword that kills dragons and it's being guarded by a dragon. Yeah. And it's his last thing he needs to complete himself as a fighter. He will be ultimate unstoppable. And so he goes to the dragon's nest and he steps on a worm. Oh, oh, no, it's not a worm, is it? We're going to come back to that. Worm's important for later on. That's not a worm, that's a lindworm. One of the worm, first warnings I, I was ever given was never step in a worm, for it will be the child of a dragon. Uh, yeah. Because uh, one of the things that dragons are birthed as is worms that then turn into snakes and then into dragons. So he goes, the elf goes to the dragon and asks, I wish for this sword. The dragon asks in return that he brings his brother's wife to him. Mm-hmm. And he'll give him the sword. Sorry, he says he'll release the sword. Release the sword? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wording there, kids. Now, this is basically my story of always check the fine print. Okay. So basically, he believes he wants to take... Uh, the dragons kind of been enemies with the group for a while as well, at times. Yeah. And so he believes he'll take the wife hostage and try and draw his brother out, and then they'll kill the dragon together, but he'll have the dragon-killing sword, so it won't matter. Yeah. So he goes to his brother's drugs him, kidnaps the wife. Oh my god. Yeah, man. Takes the wife back. But, um, well, before he does this, right, it's a very important part of the story. Yeah. My dad and the wizard are chilling out in uh, Rivendell, I believe. And so the elf originally comes to my dad, because dad, my dad's character, the, the, the uh, halfling, is a dragon slayer. As mm-hmm. if he's killed about three dragons at this point. Casually? Casually killing... Look, man... All the halflings I know are either vampire killers, dragon killers, giant slayers. They've They're killed... supposed to be the most peaceful. Yeah, dude, you didn't watch a vampire take... You didn't watch a, a halfling kill a vampire lord with a sling. Oh my god. And then beat him to death with a sack of pennies. 
<laughs> I'll tell you that story. That later. is the way to kill a vampire. Silver pennies I might add. Um so basically the elf asks, Look, will you come and help me? The wizard goes, bah, I don't know. And then my dad goes, Yeah, I'll help you. If you say please. <laughs> and beg. Uh-huh. The elf, stubborn as ever, refuses. And then goes yeah. ahead with kidnapping the wife. Brings the wife to the dragon and asks him to stand aside. And he goes, mm. No, give me the sword first. He goes, No, 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 no. I don't have the wife yet. He then breathes fire and melts the wife before his eyes. Uh huh. Picks up the sword. It goes, I will now release the sword. Flies it out into the middle of a massive deep lock and drops it. So it goes all the way down to the bottom. Oh. So you'll never God. be able to find it, never be able to get it. And the two characters never made up. The elves oh. never. The brothers never forgave each other. The character, the actual players, eventually did, but the characters never forgave each other. Um, I mean, fair enough. So my, I think my dad was eventually held responsible for that. Mainly, just, how? If he's like, oh, you could have stopped that, and he was not good enough. He was always gonna do that. Yeah. But that was my dad's uh, way of saying, "Beware of dragons and read the small fine print." <laughs> it's my, oh, it's one of my favorite D D stories. I mean, I'm sorry, release the sword is very suspicious in of itself anyway. Yeah, but they were arrogant elf lords who'd basically be dining with Elrond. So they, they oh, well, so like they were very much the stereotypical high elf kind of thing. They really felt they, were, they basically, my dad would go in, disable traps for everyone, and then they would rush in and steal loot. Oh, ooh, those kind of people. Uh, worse than arrogant dragons. Worse than arrogant dragons, man. See, but, as, you, as you'll find, I hate elves more than any other species. <laughs> Even though I do, uh, if I would be a creature, I'd be uh, like a half elf. I'd probably. Anyway, we're going. We're getting into our last quarter of an hour. Yes. And I do want to mention something for modern interpretations of dragons, and uh, it's uh, pet-like dragons that we've talked about a bit before, and with dragon riding. Oh yeah. So, um, because now a modern sort of interpretation of like cute. It's, it's a nicer note to leave off than than you know your brother killing your wife. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, but it's just. I find it really, really funny how more and more they're going, they're being compared to cats. Dragons. Yes, I've seen that. I think that's a really, really cool interpretation. Yeah, so it's just sort of, oh, if a dragon were a pet, it would just be a cat because they are very, very confusing of just what they want, and they're all over the place. And they're like, they can be vicious, but they can be really, really cute, and they can steal your random, you can steal your stuff, but they'll also steal your heart. So, for example, the dragons in How to Train Your Dragon, dragon yes, are like toothless. It's a, a cat. That's it. Yes. And then there's the smaller ones, that the really small dragons, yeah. that, that are literally like cats you pet. Exactly. So, it's even though small dragons in, like, uh, just games and stuff, they can also be vicious because they just come in hordes and then just annihilate you. So, they're oh, scarier yeah, yeah. sometimes than actual massive dragons. Remember, kids, D&D, modern, modern D&D is always about that action economy. Oh god, but yeah, no, so it's just, if you would have a dragon pet, it would probably act like a cat, which I find is absolutely adorable, because um, <laughs> oh. I love cats. I've got two black cats, and I can absolutely imagine them as like two very tiny dragons, like beautiful black dragons. What, what are their names, by the way? Do you give context to this? Uh, no, Lobo and Loki, but I'll give context to like when we do uh, cat, like more... Cat creature. We're I feel like uh, mythical cats is probably. We a could topic. probably do something. I'll keep. That. I'll keep uh, information about my cats until then. So you have to tune in. In the next yeah, few episodes. Cat talk, where we accidentally invite a furry on or something. No. 
Uh, I'll just take my cats with me. I'll go get them from Luxembourg, and then I'll bring them back here. Um, and then they'll meow into the microphone. There we go. That's the cat content. It's cat content right there. <laughs> um, but yeah, dragons. Yeah, dragons as a whole, I would... Uh, I would say is a very universal myth that can be interpreted many different ways. Yeah. And it's very much a go-to if you want a mythical creature. Absolutely. But the thing is, it's just, it has so much impact from everything. Like you've got so many different versions. If you want to put it into a story, what are you going to use? Are you going to try and subvert something like making them a pet? Because Well, well, well actually, oh, I don't on. know if he's listening. Well, there's a certain person, right, who if they are listening will get a spoiler for that. Actually, no, right? It'll be okay to tell you, right? Because... All right. So uh, you know Joseph. I Joseph's do know. our uh, very good friend of the pod, very good friend of the show. Yes. Um, and our friend, right, currently has a character who's accidentally got his soul divided into three, essentially. Um, but currently one of them he belongs to Tiamat. Uh huh. Because which my cat shat in. Yes. In the D and D game, not in real life. Yeah, that was a choice I made as a GM, and I do not regret it in the slightest. Uh huh. It's a winged cat, so it shat in his mask and flew away. I feel like, you know, winged cat, close enough to a dragon. <laughs> yeah, it's actually kind of an interesting concept, that. Yeah, is a winged cat We will come dragon? back to that. We will come back to that in D&D. Yeah. We'll come back to that another thing. But um, with the winged kind of cat, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and so this mask was ba- is basically very powerful item. I'm not going to say what it is, because then you'll go look it up, and then you'll find out what it actually is. But a very powerful item that I've changed slightly, and it will evolve into this very powerful item. If, if Joseph does certain things. If he doesn't do certain things, other things will happen. Who knows what they are. But, okay. Um, essentially, the group... You all figured out that you'd stolen treasure from uh, a cult, which then had stolen yes. that treasure from another cult. Yes. The cult of the dragon. Um, and so, I essentially made a mask where if Joseph continues to do certain things, he'll become more and more dragon-like. Uh huh. But as the way he's already been playing the character as an evil bastard, trying to steal a ship. Oh, it was the best bit. The two, I actually, I spent an entire week panicking over that ship. They tried to steal a ship I had accidentally given them, and, <laughs> and basically, it's like, oh no, I got to find a way of getting rid of the ship because I will derail de- the entire campaign. Oh. I mean, oh, sorry, well, but going back to dragons there, because we do not have a lot of time left. We could um, Your idea of just sort of like, oh, making uh, someone more dragon-like is also really, really interesting, because it's uh, it's like they're transforming into a dragon because of greed. Yeah, yeah. But it's just on a mind level. Mind level, yeah, which I haven't, I, I don't really know any like, examples to draw upon like that, like kind of naturally, but... The Hobbit movie? Oh god, yeah, Dragon Set this is D and D not D and D Lord of Rings, right? Sorry, yeah. Yeah, no, so uh Torrent has dragon sickness. So actually no, I looked up this actually what it was. Uh-huh. So um it's actually the gold itself can go through this right. However, it's known as dragon fever. Okay. So when a dragon since a dragon's such an evil being in Tolkien's lore, if a dragon lies on a set of treasure for a certain amount of time, it'll then enchant the treasure and anyone who finds the treasure will become greedy over gold. So pretty much what happened to Fafnir in Norse mythology, because he yes, got that similar. cursed ring and cursed treasure hole. And that's actually a trope that's been continued for also in Warhammer as well, uh, with dwarf lords um, uh, basically obsessing over gold to such an extent um, that they stop eating, they stop breathing in cases. 
Oh God! Because okay. they are so worried about their gold that any noise that will disturb them, it's a bit grim yeah. dirt. Yeah. Rather than grim dirt, but yeah, it's a mad obsession essentially, which is something that seems to be very much associated with most types of dragons, is that they somehow have a horde of some kind. Didn't really see it in the kind of ancient godlike Japanese and Chinese ones, but. But even then, the um, like the Eastern European, uh, not Eastern European, oh, sorry, the Eastern mythologies, they stood for good fortune. So they didn't have hordes themselves, but they, but they, they were, were symbols, symbols of good. Exactly, yeah. Um, I mean, modern interpretations show dragons like hoarding different stuff. Like in D and D, you've got the dice hoarding dragons. Oh my god, they you are would. so cute. Um, like loads of art with stuff like that, and you know, just in general, hoarding is. Hoarding itself is definitely from just Western, but in yeah, general, it's, it's gold obviously, yeah, it's, is a very dragon-like thing. It's very, uh, it's, it's the idea of like, oh, you're meant to spend your money in a capitalist society. Oh. So I, I, I'm kind of... Yeah, that's what it is, yeah. Which I think might be, I, I may not be on purpose, but that might be something linked to it. I, I couldn't really find anything on it, but I, it's a maybe a modern interpretation of like a dragon being anti-capitalist. Uh, well... Or is a dragon? I think that's a modern interpretation that can't be. Uh, yeah, that's 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 one for a more political student. Yeah, we could have we, well, we could never have camera on, but um. <laughs> but I think for now we've pretty much said everything we wanted to say, um, and we'll just finish off. Um, yeah. With yeah, I hope you enjoyed this episode. It was loads of fun. It was very this, much an experiment. Yes, this was very much the first time we did this. Um, yeah. We're gonna post on an Instagram story in a wee bit. Uh, comment yeah. your favorite dragon. In, yeah, so if it's just a uh, mythology, with from mythology, a fiction, um, one from our, maybe a homebrew game you're playing, yeah, um, or maybe a story you were told as a kid. Uh, we didn't talk a lot about like the dragon types, as in like there's uh, you know wyverns that we did talk about. Yeah, we didn't really worms. go into the subspecies. If you're interested, please do your own research into it. Yeah, um, which has has loads of different things with just draconics uh, going into that. So, um, and a lot of modern stuff as well. But in general, you know, I hope you found this interesting. I learned a good thing about mythology from you. Yeah, and, and I learned a lot of Warhammer and uh, Lord of the Rings from you. I, that I was gonna find, great. Yeah, you're going to find out. Since, mainly due to the fact since uh, Games Workshop were a bunch of bastards and cancelled uh, the old world and replaced it with Age of Sigmar, I've become obsessed with the old world history. So, but it's really enough. good because the grimdark stuff's really good for you. Looking at interpretation. Uh, Yes. Very, very different thing, but a big, big thank you to my amazing friend who made yes, the uh, drawing for our Instagram post, Anna Rankens, who is a very good friend from home um, and is bloody brilliant and stayed up at night to make an edit of it just with our title and stuff because she made a drawing uh, separately recently. Um, but yeah so she made a whole edit with our title on it and everything and thank you very very much and also yes, the, thank last, you. the <laughs> thank last you. Dragon, the last dragon in the instagram post uh, go look at that instagram underscore underscore mythical myth ah one two three mythical underscore chaos yeah mythical chaos with an underscore at the front back and in the middle um the very last drawing that's mine it's fucking brilliant i it is a masterpiece his name's scott oh god you know what i like to do i like to actually dragon your mum made for me i like to put that on the story oh yeah my mum knits dragons that's really yeah. cool as well yeah I'll, I'll put that up on the story i'll put that up on yeah the story. that'd be pretty um, cool yeah so um we're gonna very very cheaply put on imagination dragons yes because uh you know dragons it's imagine <laughs> dragons it's imagine dragons i haven't yeah. seen a one for 
Imagine. Imagine. Like I was saying imagine. Oh no, it's imagine. Well, there you go, kids. That's probably why people <laughs> hate me. Um. Uh, yeah, I think just Warriors. It's a, an older one. It's a classic. And you say older one? It came out in 2014 for the League of Legends tournament. Oh my god, did it? Yeah, that's why I they made feel... it. Okay, anyway, play it. I feel old as well, Gwen. Thank you very much again. Bye. Bye. In You would wait and watch from far away But you always knew that you'd be the one to work while they all play